Hey guys, it's Keon, and today I'm going to give you my recap on UFC Fight Night Santos vs. Walker. I did this twice already. Oh man. So first one, mic uh, difficulties. Second one, I, I just, I wasn't able to talk, basically. I don't know what was happening in the second take, but we're on the third take, and hopefully that's the charm. That's the one that, that works this time. Um, I, I felt like I was just blabbering on in my second take go around so it was just like uh you know what i'm gonna condense this in another uh, attempt to recap this entire card but we'll start off with the main event tiago santos he defeated johnny walker by unanimous decision a very uneventful fight in my opinion um and i think in the opinions of many other people like it wasn't wasn't very active and a, a lot of that is just because both men respected each other way too much specifically the power i think they both knew that if they got in too close uh they could get clipped and the fight would be over for either of them so i understand why fights like these happen but it sucks that it did um for the most part i, I do agree with the decision Tiago Santos landed the better shots throughout the fight, in my opinion, the more impactful shots, shall I say. And Johnny Walker, it kind of is disappointing to see him lose this fight because I had high hopes for him. Maybe he could make a run from his last win and uh, climb back up to the top where many expected to see him like a couple years back. You know, there was so much hype when he came into the UFC and now I feel like it's kind of gone down but I still have high hopes for Johnny Walker I believe he could come back and uh, make a statement in the future so we're gonna have to wait and see what's good with that but other from that uh, otherwise uh, from that there's not really much to talk about in this fight I wasn't really entertained it was what it was but in the co-main event we have Kevin Holland he didn't lose but it looked like he lost initially what happened was that him and his opponent Kyle Dawkins they clashed heads accidentally and Kevin Holland got knocked out he was done but then somehow he got back up and continued to try to survive in this fight but Kyle Dawkins was too strong with his jiu-jitsu uh, he immediately locked up a not immediately but eventually he locked up a rear naked choke that forced a tap and then we had referee Dammer Gliotta talking to referee Herb Dean trying to figure out what the decision was going to be resulted as at the end of the fight like was it going to be a win for Kyle Dawkins or was it going to be a no contest and by the end uh Dammer Gliotta he called it as a no contest and to be honest I agree with that decision because that incident basically led to the finish you know like if that didn't happen i think kevin holland would be able to survive but that really changed everything so i kind of agree with this decision but it does suck how it had to go extend past that moment like if dan Mergliata stopped it right there then it would have been nice but if i feel bad for kyle Dawkins for him uh continuing to fight and looking for the finish in that one and also kevin holland just taking unnecessary damage it does suck that that happened but i understand why it happened because kevin holland was showing signs of i'm still in the fight even though he clearly got knocked out in that uh headbutt but i don't think uh dan Mergliotta saw it so i understand why all this confusion happened as for nico price and alex Oliveira. That was a fight that was supposed to be fun. 
before I get to that, I want to talk more about Kevin Holland first. Okay, we'll, we'll talk about Nico Price and Alex Oliveira, but Kevin Holland, I don't want to blab on too much about Kevin Holland, but it does suck to see him lose two in a row and now on this no contest. Could have been three in a row had that headbutt not happened, but it, it sucks to see him in this position after having such a good 2020 and now 2021 he hasn't won a fight at all so it's uh it's a sad position to see because i do like kevin holland i think he's an entertaining personality but uh he does need to work on his game a little bit more specifically his wrestling and i know he's putting in work on that right now but it's got to grow big time especially when you're in the ufc um he's luck it's luck He's lucky that he's in the middleweight division and it's not a division that's known for its wrestling, but he's going to go against fighters who are good on the ground. So when that happens, he's got to know what to do. And it just seems like right now he's very green when it comes to fighting on the ground, but he's training with Johnny Hendricks. He got some tips from uh, Daniel Cormier. I, I, I see him putting in the work for his ground game, and I hope he grows as a fighter. And hopefully in 2022, he has a really good year. Now let's talk about Nico Price and Alex Oliveira, a fight that was supposed to be very fun on paper, but it didn't end up happening like that because I guess uh, Nico Price, he hasn't won a fight in a while, and he was looking for a win. So he played the smart game he took alex down a few times did some damage from above but it wasn't the bangers that nico price usually is in and what made makes him a fan favorite so that does suck that that happened but in the end he got the w so that's what really matters christoph joko defeated misha serkinov not really an eventful fight but it was close for the most part both on the feet and on the ground and by the end not nico price christoph joko he won by a split decision so not really much action there alexander hernandez defeated mike breeden by ko in the first round this was a nice performance by alexander hernandez and i hope he builds momentum off this win because this is a guy who's 29 right now and i've had a lot of high hopes for him early on in his career but then he lost to donald cerrone lost a few more fights after that and it just things haven't got back onto track like i thought they would get back he he, he's still in that top 15 type of ranking you know he's been been in there for a few years now I, i really hope to see him break into like the top 10 top five because i think he's a very good fighter it's just he's had some growing pains in my opinion, but hopefully everything's gonna tie up and he's gonna become a top contender in the lightweight division one day. So we'll see about that. In the prelims, Jared Gordon defeated Joe Selecki by split decision. Joe Selecki, solid first round, and then he slowed down and Jared Gordon began to take over in rounds two and three, ended up winning by split decision. And Jared Gordon, what he did in his post-fight interview was very impressive. He called out Patty Pimblett, which is a fight I definitely agree with. I think it's perfect for both fighters at this point in their careers. So Jared Gordon versus Patty Pimblett, love that matchup. Perfect. Book that fight. Casey O'Neill defeated Antonina Shevchenko. And man, Casey O'Neill, real deal. Like three fights in the UFC, all of them finishes so far. It, all of them finishes so far? I think so. Like, yes, TKO, submission, TKO very impressive i'm excited to see what she's gonna do next in the flyweight division to be honest like you can give her a shot at the title right now and it makes a good story because she beat valentina's sister antonina right so it's like 
avenging my sister's loss, I'm going to defeat Casey O'Neill. But it might be a little bit too early for that. So maybe they're not going to do that yet. Maybe one more, you know? And actually, I was talking about this too in my previous breakdown that I had to scrap because I wasn't a fan of it. But I was talking about a matchup between Casey O'Neill and Tatiana Suarez. Like, how good would that fight be? Oof. I would love that fight, you know, because Tatiana Suarez wants to come down to flyweight. And I think this is a good debut against someone who's like a rising prospect who has a lot of potential to fight for the title one day and do it soon because the 125 division is not that deep. So either of these women who win that fight between uh, Tatiana Suarez and Casey O'Neill, that should get a title shot, in my opinion, against Valentina Shevchenko. That would uh, be entertaining for me, at least. You know, I would love to see either of those women fight against uh, Valentina for the belt. As for Antonina Shevchenko, I do feel bad for her because, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of what's the word? People expect her to be like a world class fighter because of her sister, you know, so there's, I guess, pressure. There's a lot of pressure on her to live up to the Shevchenko name, I guess. And that's hard, you know, that's hard to do because Valentina is a generational talent. We're not going to see many fighters like her come around all the time. You know, she is like one of the best of all time, both male and female, in my opinion. She's so skilled anywhere the fight goes. So I feel bad that Antonina has to kind of prove that she is like really good you know like there's that pressure that she has to prove that she's on that level but there shouldn't be she's her own fighter and she's she's gonna have her own story and maybe right now she's not the greatest but to be honest i think she has a lot of potential to become a world-class fighter because even in this defeat against casey o'neill she looked very good she was very competitive her striking was landed some nice shots in this fight maybe some issues on the ground which she could tune up but overall i don't think she's a bad fighter i just think it sucks that she's in the shadows of her sister and everything her sister does is gonna kind of reflect on what she does too if that makes any sense it's it's a bad position for antonina but i do hope that she continues to grow as a fighter and continues to fight you know and not look at these situations and see that like oh i'm not as good as my sister like maybe this isn't how you come up as a fighter, and that's that's just what it is. But I do feel bad for her, and I hope she comes back. Carol Rosa defeated Betch Coher by unanimous decision. This was Betch Coher's uh, retirement fight. She announced that she was going to retire before this, and sadly, she got picked apart on the feet for the entire fight. Like, it was not a competitive fight whatsoever. It was entertaining, though. I'll give it to Carol Rosa. She looked really good on the feet, landed some big shots, you know, and I'm also impressed with Betch Coher. She's always proved that she has, like, a strong chin. She could take some hard shots in these fights. Maybe not the Ronda Rousey fight, which is surprising, but uh, aside from that, she uh, took a lot of hits and did not go down, so I gave her credit for that, but unfortunately, she ends her career with the defeat, and yeah, it's not the best way to end your career, but you know what? She gets to say that she fought for the title once, and she was a top contender in the bantamweight division, no matter how shallow it was at the time, and even still today. Um, she gets to say that she fought for a UFC championship. And you know what? That is impressive in itself. And I'll give her that. And I hope, I wish her the best 
uh, moving forward for whatever she does in her career outside of MMA. So congratulations, Bech Koher. Uh, Jamie Malarkey defeated Devontae Smith. This is one of the fights that I really liked in the prelims. Jamie Malarkey, man, this guy ate some huge shots from Devontae Smith. And Devontae Smith, man, this guy is very impressive on the feet. He is fast. He is powerful. Like, this is a guy I'm excited for in the future, despite losing in the second round. Because in the second round, it was Jamie Malarkey who... I guess I gained a second wind and began to take over this fight and eventually it was too much for Devontae Smith goes down by punches ref steps in very impressed with Jamie Malarkey too this is one of those fights man like I feel like we'll look back at maybe three years from now four years from now and we're like damn like I can't believe I can't believe they fought at this point I can't I can't wait to see them fight again you know what I mean like I think they will be top contenders in the lightweight division who knows you know like i could definitely see that three times three years from now you know what i'm saying because i know a lot of people they say that the lightweight division is deep and it is don't get me wrong but like in three years from now do you think dustin poirier is going to be at the top do you think charles Oliveira is going to be at the top like charles Oliveira, maybe because he is a little bit younger but like people like Dustin Poirier, Conor McGregor, three years from now, they're going to be gone. We're not going to be talking about them as like top contenders at this at that point, in my opinion. But if if we still are talking about them as top contenders in like three years from now, I'll be impressed, like for real. Even fighters like uh, Michael Chandler, Justin Gaethje, they're getting older, man. Like this is a young man's sport. So I definitely can see Jamie Malarkey and Devontae Smith finding success in the future of the lightweight division. They are the future of the lightweight division. Douglas Silva, Deandrage, he defeated Gaetano Pirello by knockout in the first round. Very impressive knockout. Um, Gaetano, man, this guy was in the air for like a split second when he got hit with that. I think it was a right hand. It was a nasty knockout. So impressive performance by Douglas Silva, Deandrage. Stephanie Egger defeated Shanna Young. This was another fun fight in the women's uh, bantamweight division. Um, these are also two women I can see becoming big names in the 135-pound division in the future, maybe two years, three years from now, even maybe a year from now. Honestly, like uh, I was impressed with even Shanna Young in defeat in this fight. She's very tough, and she showed uh, she had some moments in this fight and really was uh, piecing Stephanie up on the feet at some times. But overall, Stephanie was looking very good with her judo taking the fight down throwing some ground and pound and that's eventually how she ended the fight with elbows from above too much for shanna young but overall impressed with both women i can't wait to see uh more from both of them especially stephanie egger i think she has a a very good future ahead of her as a fighter uh alejandro perez defeated johnny eduardo submission scarf hold arm lock yeah, that was nice. I, I like that too. They were they were um they were swinging back and forth for a bit over there before that submission came into fruition. But yeah, I, I enjoyed that too. So overall, this card um it was pretty solid for a, a fight night. And now I, I'm gonna say this like after UFC 266. Well, not after you. Well, UFC 266 is the first card where I basically watched every fight even the prelims and early prelims and then decided a rating off that 
from the entire card. Usually I would just do the main card and some of the prelim uh, fights, but now I want to do the entire thing and I want to do it like mathematically too. So with this card, it had 12 fights. I said that I liked eight of them. So I did eight divided by 12. That's like 6.7, something like that, or like 0.67. So out of 10, that would be 6.7 out of 10. So I would give this card a 6.7 out of 10 due to mathematics. I think that's the best way to to do these uh, scorings for these recaps, mathematics, you know? So 6.7 out of 10, solid card. I had so, I enjoyed uh, some moments from it. Wasn't the greatest, wasn't the worst, but 6.7 out of 10. Let me know what you think. Uh, what was your favorite moment? What was your least favorite moment? And I hope you have a good rest of your week. Bye-bye.